The Holy Bible says that the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire, and you heard the voice of words, but you saw no form, you only heard a voice. And he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform even ten commandments. And he wrote them on two tables of stone. What exactly are the Ten Commandments? When we're done with the next program, you will know exactly what they are. So join us. Welcome back to part 11 of a 13-part series dealing with Islamic Christian issues. Today we're going to talk about God's requirements, what those requirements are, how they relate to us today, and uh, what do we do when we realize that we haven't kept those requirements. Shabazz, uh, thank you again for being here. Why don't you start out by just clarif clarifying for us what, when the average Muslim thinks about obeying God, and surely they, they do believe in the importance of that. Uh, what does that mean to them? What does it mean to obey God today? Uh, Muslims uh, strongly believe in obeying the requirements of Allah and, and to follow whatever He has told them to do. And within the Islamic context, we have the five pillars of Islam, which are really designed to guide the individual's life. And those, those, those pillars deal with uh, faith, for instance, the Shahada, that deals with the faith of a Muslim. And the pillars go like this, Shahada, we have Salih, which is prayer. And then they have Zakat, which is charity, that's supporting the poor or giving money to the mosque. And then there's Swam, which is deals with fasting, the month of Ramadan, in which every year, once a year, they do that for one month. And that's October. Yes, uh, it's, um, no, it's actually closer to the summer months. And then, and then they have the Hajj, which is the pilgrimage, uh, uh, going to Mecca, okay. and, uh, and they do that one, at once least during once their lifetime. during their lifetime. Every Muslim is required to do it if they can afford it. If they cannot afford it, they are poor, uh, they are excused. But if they, can, if they have money, there's no excuse if they don't go on the Hajj. And, and the other aspect of, of law is the Sharia law, which controls and has jurisdiction over every aspect of the Muslim's life. It deals with the mosque, it deals with the government, it deals with social life, it deals with everything. And when a thief steals and they cut their hand, that's part of the Sharia law. Or when someone is caught in adultery and they're beheaded in Saudi Arabia or stoned in Iran, that has to do with the Sharia law. And so and it's Sharia, Sharia law is based on on the Quran and the, the Hadith, is that yes, correct? Yes, absolutely. The Quran and the Hadith, and and uh, it's and the Hadith basically are the sayings. Uh, basically, is it's it's a, a, a written uh, by religious clerics. Could be very old, as as old as Islam itself. But these writings are are supposed to guide the people into understanding how the Prophet lived his life so that they can copy him and live like the Prophet lived. Now, and when it comes to the Ten Commandments, I'm curious, do, do most Muslims think about the Ten Commandments? Obviously, they've heard about them. 
Do they do they know what they are? They, they do not know what they are. They they do think about it. They have heard about them, but they do not know what they are. And uh, and and that's that's something that that uh, it's not even required of them really necessarily to to know exactly what they are. Now, now you've said before that in Islam, uh, th you know, there's they don't see the Bible. Uh, as you know, as all of it as being, uh, you know, relevant for us today or being correct, but they do they they do believe in the first five books, the first five books of Moses of all the books in the Bible. They would see that as being the highest. Is that right? Yeah, a large number of Muslims respect the writings of Moses, and they consider them as still to be pure, and not have been corrupted. Okay, okay. Well, let's uh, let's look at the book of the books of Moses, or at least the second book. We have the first book, which is Genesis, then there's Exodus, and then Numbers, or Leviticus, and then Numbers, and then Deuteronomy, the first mm -hmm. five books of the Bible. And it's in Exodus chapter 20 that we have the Ten Commandments, which, uh, you know, really is the, the primary biblical law all throughout the whole book. It really, you know, the Ten Commandments were unique. Uh, they, they stand apart from any other, any other law yeah. because they were uh, spoken and then written with the finger of God himself on two tables of stone. Amen. And, you know, I, I, I've been impressed with uh, chapter 19 describing the uh, circumstances of the giving of the law when Israel came out of Egypt. They gathered together at the, at the foot of the mountain and in verse 16, Exodus 19:16. it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings mm. and there was a thick cloud on the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the uh, southern part of the mountain. Verse 18, and Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and the smoke thereof was as the smoke of a furnace, mm. and the whole mountain quaked greatly. So what a scene. Amen. You know, there's all these people there at Amen. the foot of the mountain, the lower part of the mountain, and then they look up and they see, you know, uh, this cloud, this fire. Um, they hear this trumpet sound and people are just terrified. Yeah. I don't think, you know, there's never <laughs> been a time in history when, when God, the God of creation, has revealed himself with such fireworks Amen. Uh, as he did on this mountain, on Mount Sinai. And then in chapter, and the reason why he did this was because he was, he was about to, to give the people the Ten Commandments. Right. So why don't we just briefly go through these. Uh, as you mentioned, most Muslims you know, don't really think about them. And it's not just Muslims, it's, you know, the average person. People have heard about the Ten Commandments. They probably, you know, maybe watched the movie The Ten Commandments with, nice. you know, Charlton Heston coming down off the mountain and his uh, hair was white and his beard was white because he'd encountered, encountered God. But actually knowing what those Ten Commandments are, most people have no clue. That's right. So why don't we just go through them? Why don't you just uh, lead out and just starting with Exodus 20, uh, okay. verse 1, and just kind of quickly, you know, let's just... Just go through them. Okay. Uh, verse, uh, verse 1 and 2 is the first commandment. It says, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, 
which have brought, brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, and verse 3 as well, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. Okay, so the essence, the, what's the essence of this commandment? The essence is that I am the only God in the universe. You will have no other gods before me. You are not to make anything to be a God before me. He's number one. Yeah, he's number one. And he's a powerful God because and he's the one that brought them out plagued of Egypt. the Egyptians, That's right. um, parted the Red Sea, brought the Israelites out, revealed himself uh, in, a, in a fiery way right. and in a loving way because he, he delivered them. That's right. and, you know, and it's, it's also significant that the final straw to get them out of Egypt was the Passover hmm. where they were told to take the blood of a lamb and put it around their doors so that when the angel of death in the 10th plague passed, passed through, he would pass over their homes right. because of the blood. Amen. And we Amen. can talk more about that before we're done. That's what right. That and, meant. And, and God established his divinity before he gave him the Ten Commandments through the miracles and through the wonders he performed in Egypt. So, he showed them that he is yeah, God. He showed them his power and he delivered them and Amen. then he gave them the Ten his law. That's right. And so the law, so keeping the law springs from uh, an appreciation of, of being delivered and, being and of delivered. being delivered. Amen. Amen. Okay, so first commandment, God is first. Now second commandment. Second commandment deals with uh, more detail uh, of, uh, is similar to the first commandment, but it says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any grieving images or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Okay, now Islam is very strong on this one, right? I mean, yes. Muhammad got rid of the idols in, in, uh, in Mecca, and idolatry is strongly oh, frowned yeah. upon That's right. in Islam. That's right. Okay. That's right. And, uh, no idols. No idols. And the third commandment deals with holding God's name uh, in respect. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. So when we speak of God, we should speak of him reverently and respectfully. Uh, and, and not just use him as a, use his name as a swear word or, right. or just a, in a trivial way. That's right. But when, you, when the words of, about God come out of your mouth, they should be with reverence. That's right. And so far, all these verses that we read, these three commandments, deal with our relationship to God. Okay. And the fourth one is likewise. And it, is, and it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do, not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Okay, so the seventh day is God's Sabbath, and that goes back to, to creation, right? That's right. It goes back to the original creation week in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, where uh, the Lord God made the world in six days and rested on the seventh day. And so he says, remember that, don't forget that. That's right. That day, and we'll talk more about that later. That's now right. Now let's go on to the fifth commandment. And the fifth commandment from here deals with our relationship with each other, human to human. 
and he says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that the days that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now in Islam, I, I understand, you know, there's a strong family unit. That's correct. And, and a definite, uh, That's correct. you know, respect for That's one's correct. parents. Parents must be respected. And, yeah, and it's interesting and, that this commandment is very gender specific. You know, these days there's a lot of gender confusion. Yes. But the fifth commandment is your father and your mother. That's correct. Uh, it's Amen. not talking about having two fathers or two mothers, or, no. but it's, uh, it's yeah. the traditional family. And God made man. He knows, it. He knows yeah. best. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way he laid it down. That's right. Okay, number six. Number six, simple, thou shalt not kill. Okay, now let's talk about this. This is a big one. Now here God is dealing with, you know, first it's our relationship with him, and then it's this way. That's correct. Our relationship with others, and you shall not kill. Now, you know, the obvious meaning of this has to do with, you know, taking somebody's life, mm. right? Murder. I think some translations say murder. That's correct. But there are, there's a deeper meaning to this, isn't there? Yes, yes, yes. The, you know, uh, God doesn't want us not just to kill because we're not supposed to kill someone, but we shouldn't be killing ourselves. Uh, suicide is, is, is not permitted in the Word of God. It's, it's murder. And... Um, and killing ourselves through practices, unhealthy practices, you know, smoking, drinking, eating unhealthy foods, and that shortens our life. God will hold us accountable for all of these mm -hmm. things. So it's not just me murdering someone else, but it's me murdering me That's by the way I live. That's right, yeah. Okay, now in, in, in the New Testament, Jesus, uh, Jesus also shined a light on this and talked right. about murder and applied it to uh, to the heart, to hating people. And in, in 1 John, it also talks about he who hates his brother in his heart is a murderer. Is a murderer. Yes, so right. murder is not just, you know, killing somebody, mm -hmm. but it's also uh, killing ourselves and hating other people. That's correct. You know, this That's is a right. deep commandment, actually. Uh, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Now, now, you know, in the last program, we talked about uh, jihad and about suicide bombers and terrorists and those that got into hijacked planes and flew them into the Twin Towers. Uh, and from what I've learned, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, in Islam, at least for, for some or for a percentage of them, they feel like if they, if they kill themselves as martyrs in the war of God, that then they're guaranteed heaven. Yes. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. And what do they Automatic get? Automatic ticket to heaven. And what is the reward? And will they get 70 huris or 70 virgins that they will for all eternity. And, uh, and but, but the Bible says you're not to kill yourself. Murder, even for God, killing yourself is not impermissible. God has never asked anyone to kill themselves for him in the entire Old and New Testament. Now, if somebody is martyred on, because they were following Christ and they were killed for Him, they didn't kill themselves. Yeah. But they, they, were were persecuted they were persecuted and then they were for killed. For being followers of God. Yes. That's different. And even then, they're not going to get 70 virgins. Yeah. Yeah. Th yeah that, to me, that's just, you know, it's, yes. it's, uh, it's rather outrageous yes. to think that if I if I kill other people and then kill myself in the act of doing this, that I'm, uh, 
you know, earning my way to heaven, I get a ticket to heaven and I'll be rewarded with all these women yeah. on the other side. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, you know, that whole mindset needs to run right into this commandment where God says you shall not kill. So, you know, killing, killing other people in that way is not a ticket to heaven, Correct. but it's a big mistake Correct. and it's a, it's a violation of the law of God that he gave on Mount Sinai in thunder and cloud and fire and wrote with his own finger. Now let's look at the next one, number seven. Number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Okay, explain. Well, you know, uh, adultery here is speaking about uh, a man being unfaithful to his wife or a woman being unfaithful to her husband okay. or uh, uh, having uh, uh, physical sexual contact with someone outside of the marriage is also covered here. But Jesus Christ may, in Matthew chapter 5 made it even more uh, meaningful when he said, I tell you, you had heard in the past that they said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I tell you, if you look upon a woman to lust after her, you have already committed adultery with her in your heart. And this is something that, this principle doesn't exist in Islam. Adultery is just a physical action. But Christ said that you can commit adultery in your mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Christ has put a, the, the command, this commandment, its jurisdiction goes far beyond just the physical act. And, and it, it has jurisdiction over our mind as well. And isn't it true that in the history of Islam, there has been a lot of, um, you know, conquests where women have been taken. That's right. And uh, have been taken. And, sexual and, activities have gone yes. on, which really would be a violation of this commandment. That's correct. Do not commit adultery. Don't take somebody's wife that's not your wife be faithful to your spouse. And, and then even deeper than that, don't even look, as Jesus said, don't even look lustfully right. upon a woman or you've committed adultery in your heart. The wives are of the enemies of Islam or the unbelievers or the idolaters. Their wives are the properties of, whenever they take over an area like that, the women of that area are the properties of the men. They're part of, the, uh, they're part of their uh, uh, gift and they're the legal booty. to them, they're the booty. booty, yes, they're, they're, they, they can. So even this notion that in heaven they will have 70 virgins, that's, that's breaking that commandment as yeah, well. It's, Im it's impure. That's correct. You know, it's, uh, it's, so the suicide bombers are violating the sixth commandment that's about right. murder and, the, and, the, uh, and, and conquest and taking other men's wives and uh, that kind of, you know, sexual immorality is violating the seventh commandment. That's correct. That's right. Okay, now number eight. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. And uh, very simple, very yeah, easy. Pretty obvious. Obvious. Yeah, don't take what's not yours. That's correct. I had somebody once stole my car. A long mm. time ago, I walked out of my house and my car wasn't there and I just was shocked, mm. felt violated. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, protect, uh, you know, Stick with your own property. Don't take somebody else's property. Amen. Okay, number nine. Number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Basically, don't bear false witness. Don't lie. And, and there is no excuse for white lies either. I mean, there's no... If my life is in danger, that doesn't give me an excuse so I can lie and, and in order to protect myself. 
Um, and it isn't lying justified. I mean, in some circles, you know, I, you know, the end justifies the means principle yeah. that it's okay to lie if you're, yeah. um, if you're doing it for, for God. In, yeah. in fact, in, in, in the Muslim uh, tradition, there is uh, grounds for lying in order to save your life and, um, or promote the cause of Islam. And this happens quite regularly. And uh, so, but, but the Bible is very clear. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not bear false witness. false witness against somebody or, you know. And, and Jesus, when you look at Jesus' life, he never lied. No. It says, uh, you know, one of his regular phrases was, I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth. And, and Jesus did something that no other religious teacher has ever done. He said, which one of you convinces me of sin? You know, there was no sin no, in sin. him. There was nothing that he did that was wrong. And even Pontius Pilate, when he finally, you know, questioned him before he turned him over to the mob, he walked out and he said, I find no fault mm. with this man at all. Amen. You know, he washed his hands of the whole thing because Amen. he knew Jesus was a, an innocent, faultless man. Amen. And Jesus kept all these commandments. He said, I've kept my Father's commandments. Amen. Okay, number 10. Number 10. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. So covetousness um, is more than just, a, you know, we're not just talking about physical actions now, we're talking about the heart. That's correct. Right? You covet in your heart. You, mm. you want something that somebody else has That's in right. your heart. So the Ten Commandments really go deeper than just physical actions. Yes. They go to the mind, they go to the heart, they go to the soul. And like Jesus said, looking lustfully is adultery. And First John it, uh, says that hating your brother is murder. And so this shows us, you know, that, that the Ten Commandments go deep That's into right. the human heart. And, and, and they appeal to, to the human conscience. You know, the conscience that God gave us tells us that we should put him first. We shouldn't Amen. have any idols. We shouldn't, we should respect his name. We should honor our parents. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't covet. Mm. You know, these are basic principles that appeal to the human conscience. That's right. Now, now then when you look at the rest of it, or, or right after that, <clears throat> verses 18 to 20 say all, says, all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said to Moses, speak, you speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. They were so overwhelmed by the voice of God and all of this, all the fireworks. And then verse 20 said, Moses said to the people, fear not for God has come to prove you or, uh, or test you, I think some Bibles say, that his fear may be before your faces or his, his reverence and respect that you sin not. Amen. Amen. That's, wow. uh, that's quite a, and, and this tell, you know, he says that you sin not. Uh, is there a concept of sin in Islam? I, I would imagine that word sin, do they yeah, talk about sin? There is, there is, there is, but it's not based on the Ten Commandments. You know, in the Bible we say sin is a transgression of the law, but in, in Islam they don't have that view. or A clear view. Uh, no. So, but Moses, whom Muslims respect, is telling, is saying that God gave us the Ten Commandments so that we won't sin. That's right. And that tells us that sin, by definition, is 
going against these commandments. It's a sin to have other gods before God. It's a sin to have idols. It's a sin to take his name in vain. It's a sin not to keep the Sabbath. It's a sin not to honor and respect our parents, to murder or hate uh, or commit adultery or have sexual immorality or steal or lie or covet. These are all sins yes. in the Bible. And, and then uh, we know that both the Old Testament and the teachings of Jesus showed, showed that the summary of the law is, is love, that the first four commandments have to do with love to God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the last uh, six have to do with loving your neighbor as yourself. That's right. So God's law is a law of love. And yeah. if everybody kept this law, you know, there'd be no prisons, there'd be no jails, there'd be no suicide bombers. There's, uh, it would be a wonderful place, That's this right. world. <laughs> That's right. In fact, uh, just backtracking just, just a few seconds about the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. Um, I just want to emphasize that you know, the Bible also gives us uh, the health message, tells us that what animals we can eat, what animals we cannot eat. And, and, and it's, in Leviticus and, and, 11. Yeah, and in, in, in Islam, yeah, in Leviticus 11, and in Islam, clearly, the only animal that you're forbidden from eating is, is the swine or the pig. And uh, m almost everything that comes out of the sea, most Muslims eat. Uh, Shia Muslims will not eat uh, a fish that doesn't have scale on it, but they will eat shrimps or they will eat um, clams. Uh, but um, and then in the Sunni Muslims and amongst the other groups, many other things they eat. So, so when we eat these kind of things, we're we're actually breaking that commandment because we're hurting our body by eating things that are not clean. Mm -hmm. And that's all in Leviticus, Leviticus 11. 11. So. Uh, Leviticus 11, Exodus 20, these reveal God's requirements, His Ten Commandment law. That's right. And, and, you know, when it said, when Moses said, I'm, I, God is giving this to you so that you don't, you don't sin, um, you know, sin, when we realize that we've sinned, that then brings up the need that we need to be forgiven mm -hmm. and we need a Savior because we've all sinned. And that's where the whole sacrificial system comes in. That's right. And that's where Isaiah 53 comes in that says, he was, verse five, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. And all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity or the sin of us all. Amen. Amen. And that's where, uh, that's where the sacrifice of Jesus comes in, is that we've all broken these commandments. If you're really honest, if you look at your heart, uh, you know, we've, we've all failed in so many, many ways. And that's why we need, we need a savior. We all need a savior. And the, the, the word gospel means the good news. It's the good news for all of us. It's good news for Muslims. It's good news for non-Muslims. It's good news for everybody. That uh, somebody paid the price. Somebody took those sins upon his mind and in his heart, and he suffered and he died. And we can be forgiven and we can be set free uh, through his forgiveness and his grace and his transforming love. We hope you enjoyed Good News for Muslims with Steve Wolberg and Shabazz. This entire 13-part series is now available on DVD. To order from within the U.S., call Whitehorse Media 
at 1-800-782-4253. To watch the series online or for more information, visit the website, www.goodnewsformuslims.com.